Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Loyalty and Awards Conference, the leading annual event for loyalty professionals in the travel industry. Make sure to join us this year from the 9th to the 11th of October in Rio de Janeiro for the perfect mix of inspiring content and exciting awards. Check out loyaltyandawards.com for more information and to register. Hello and welcome to episode 359 of Let's Talk Loyalty. A fascinating conversation about the power of their loyalty program to drive commercial value for one of the world's leading hospitality groups, Accor. Headquartered in France, the Accor Group operates over 5,400 hotels in 110 countries across 40 brands from luxury to economy. Each with its own distinct personality, price point and brand promise. But as a core brands, they can each enjoy access to the All program, which combines compelling recognition and rewards for guests with their all-in-one booking platform. All, a core live limitless, focuses on making life simple yet special. So I was delighted to be joined by Mehdi Hamichi, a core's chief loyalty and e-commerce officer to hear the incredible journey that the business has taken to truly deliver this industry-leading program. As well as explaining their approach and his insights for the All program, Mehdi also shares their latest proposition, All Plus, which has just been launched in May 2023, a subscription-based proposition which combines the power of rational value with extra peace of mind for guests. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Metti Himichi from Accor. So, Metti Himichi, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you for having me, Paula. It's very exciting to finally have you on the show, Mehdi. I was super impressed when I first met you, actually, at the Loyalty and Awards Conference here in Dubai, which I can't believe I think is already a year and a half ago. And then, of course, in Madrid again, you did some wonderful presentations. So I'm very impressed with everything that Accor is doing and really excited to dive into the story today. So before we get started, as you know, with Let's Talk Loyalty, we always, first of all, ask our guests, what is their personal favorite loyalty program so that we can get a sense of what inspires and motivates you? The favorite loyalty program that sticks in my mind is actually built on personal experience and may not seem to be a loyalty program, but at the heart, it truly is. It's the American Express Platinum Card. Um, yeah, so I, I had the privilege of uh, working for, for, for Amex and, and, and contributing to, to the success of this product across international uh, for quite a few years. And when you think about it, um, we're talking about a credit card. It's, it's completely transactional. It literally gets money out of the merchant account, uh, from the consumer to the merchant account, apologies. And, and at the end of the day, it's completely transactional. Mm. Yet, American Express talks about membership. Mm. And it's a being part of a club, 
it's yeah. actually a number of benefits are associated solely with the card. You purchase the card not for its functionality. You actually renew your membership because you have benefits that resonate with your lifestyle. And it's incredibly powerful when you're able to turn what is a piece of plastic that's fully transactional into something that resonates much more than a transaction and becomes an emotional benefit. Mm. I think that's what uh, American Express has been able to do. It's quite impressive. It's incredibly impressive, Mehdi. And I really think it's one that actually was perhaps the first to really nail that emotional loyalty proposition that we talk about so much. So I think you did about nine years there. Am I right, Mehdi, in terms of your own career with American Express? And that's correct. I had uh, several positions there and uh, I spent about um, three years on the super premium portfolio of American Express Platinum and the Centurion card, the black card that everybody talks about. It's also something interesting, right? It's aspirational. But what they've been able to do is create aspiration. You want to be part of it. And sometimes you're not ne- even allowed to be part of the club it's by invitation only. You know, they've created a lot of halo effects, which I think are very smart. And a number of different loyalty um, platforms and companies have been inspired by American Express. And that's why, quite yeah. simply, it's my favorite, one of my favorite loyalty programs. Okay, well, very well answered. And uh, we'll definitely have to get Amex on the show at some point. And actually, you've reminded me of a funny thing that I learned on a, on a direct marketing training program, Mehdi. And I, this is slightly off topic, but it was an American Express case study. It may not just be an urban myth, but they did say that there was an accidental mailing sent out to, I think it was the Black Tier, where, you know, that mail merge where it should be Dear Paula, Dear Mehdi. Instead, it said Dear Rich Bastard. <laughs> Forgive the French. <laughs> but apparently they got absolutely no complaints. Everybody, I think, was so flattered <laughs> and so amused by the fact that that actually went out in full print run production. So I'm giggling away to myself, though. So thank you for bringing back a fond memory. I think uh, marketing can be funny when it's imperfect, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, that goes, goes indicates the power of the brand, right? You even excused for being called some, somebody else, uh, somebody else's name. Um, no, it's yeah. quite impressive, but I, I didn't know this anecdote. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about the rest of your career then pre-Accor. So we're obviously going to get into the work you're doing here, but what kind of other roles have you been doing? Well, um, firstly, that you know, my roles are really conditioned by who I am, and, and I think as a as a professional, you know, it's uh, it's also your upbringing, where you come from, and and at the end of the day, you know, I was practically um, biologically engineered. Let's just say to work internationally. <laughs> okay. Um, my father's Algerian, my mother's French. I lived about uh, twelve to fifteen years in the UK, hence this weird English accent that I carry, and 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 so I've always really been um, looking out for international opportunities and been fortunate enough to do that. And mm-hmm. most of my roles have been around designing consumer strategies in hospitality, travel, lifestyle, mm. or payment industries. Mm. And in most instances, it's been around um, business transformation, business development, and 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 then looking after the customer um, around loyalty, distribution, partnerships, customer experience, mm. and all, all of those aspects that really are around the consumer relationship. Um, My early days started out at KPMG. Uh, I worked in hospitality for about 10 years. Then I worked for American Express for about nine years. And then I've come back to my original love of hospitality Mm. um, at a core. 
where um, I run now the um, the loyalty program as well as um, customer engagement, which includes CRM, partnerships, mm-hmm. and sponsorships and e-commerce. So it's the full interaction with a consumer, be it the way that they actually book a hotel through our direct channels, but how we continue to establish a relationship with the customer, understanding or and even anticipating needs and having a, an ongoing marketing interaction based on value so that we drive loyalty. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, I think that's what first landed for me, Mehdi, when I saw you, uh, you know, speaking that first time, because I come from an e-commerce background. I was actually the first head of e-commerce for Emirates Airline here in Dubai uh, many years ago, back in the year 2000, when uh, e-commerce was barely, barely a word. But but at the time, I suppose loyalty was the perfect lever to connect those transactional relationships with, again, that loyal feeling that we were trying to generate as an airline. So I think the fact that your role actually combines those two and the all program, of course, as well, combines those two, to me is quite innovative because it really is the, the best of both worlds, I guess, for the, for the guest, because it's the sales side and doing my bookings in a super efficient way, as well as the marketing piece and all those super sexy assets that you have. So it must be the dream job for you. We like to think that our assets are super sexy. I don't know if I can use this <laughs> word anymore, but if it comes from a woman, I think it, it, it it's actually better accepted, let's just say. Totally. Um, but um, no, being, being serious for a second, I think what you described is actually um, a funnel strategy, um, a, a consumer funnel strategy, a marketing strategy where you start out with a, a very common need, which is to book a hotel. Okay. And different ways of booking a hotel. You can go through um, intermediaries, through travel agencies. It may be for business. You may have a TMC and so on and so forth. But but we wanted to make sure that as we repackage the human and, and guest relationships through all, that we looked at the booking experience. And so hence, we changed not only the loyalty component, but the booking part of our, of our platform to, to launch all.com. Mm. Um, our, our booking platform, mm-hmm. the all app. And then as you go down the funnel, you engage mm-hmm. with customers and you reward them for their loyalty in booking hotels by providing them additional recognition benefits and of course experiences. Um, and so it starts off with actually the transactional part, which is I have a travel need. I need mm-hmm. to find the right brands for my specific travel motivation and budget how do I do that? And how do I get peace of mind? And I take the friction out of the e-commerce component. And then once you have established that relationship, uh, you have um, for, for created an account mm-hmm. and you are able to establish a personalized dialogue, then you established a more deeper, meaningful, more frequent interaction with your consumer. Mm. And that becomes loyalty. Loyalty is all about actually being relevant and, and providing for guests' needs in anticipation based on data, history, um, but also what we believe it resonates, all right? And, and, and so it, the e-commerce component is the first interaction that we have with consumers. And when we looked at the brand or the core Live Limitless, we launched it as a loyalty program to start off with. And then we worked our way back up and we said, actually, we need to talk about all.com because most of the travelers do not necessarily understand loyalty. Only 20% of of travelers internationally um, hold a loyalty card. 
And so you're only talking to a very knowledgeable, knowledgeable crowd, and this, this is on past research. And so if you lead, your lead message is talking about loyalty, you may not be actually be catering for potential loyalty members in the future who are currently travelers that are unaware of what a loyalty program can bring. So going up the funnel again of their primary need is finding the right hotel, the right hotel experience at the right price with a frictionless booking journey that enables them to be fulfilled in their initial travel need. And loyalty comes second. So, so that's why we, we decided to create a, a team uh, and a role that uh, I, unfortunately I hold that mm. encompasses both the booking platform, loyalty, and then what we call customer engagement, which is the ongoing relationship with customers through what we call CRM. And so fortunately, I can look after both what the brand stands for, how we attract customers through our booking platform, how we convert them into loyal members, and then how we continually re-engage to retain them and satisfy them over time. You know, I think there's an awful lot of people listening to this show, Mehdi, who would learn and do very well to exactly position their loyalty programs like that internally, because we're so proud of them. And, and one of the things I love about the loyalty community is how um, how much integrity there is, actually. And I can hear that coming through in everything you say, like you really want to take care of your guests. And when I started in loyalty, that's what I fell in love with, was this idea that actually I can be loyal to my customers. What a wonderful role to have. But actually, I think when we try and position it as the be all and end all, it can often be seen as a very expensive marketing initiative that doesn't necessarily connect to revenue and can't be seen to prove to drive revenue. So I think the fact that you have flipped the switch almost and shifted that mindset to go back up to let's get the basics right position all as an e-commerce sales channel means from a respect internally and positioning point of view, that's got the absolute fundamentals right. And then you layer everything on top. Am I right with my understanding? No, totally. I mean, for us, uh, I, I, folks that work with me know that I always say loyalty is not a destination. It's, it's a customer journey. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it kicks off with customers having a travel need that is properly fulfilled because they feel that they're in the right hands you know people are being taken care of and it's a human it's in the it, it, you know you're, you're basically providing your travel budget in a to a trusted source a trusted channel yeah. and you want to travel in such a way that you know you're doing the right thing across the journey from the moment you book to the moment you arrive to the moment you depart and come back home you feel that you've made the right choices along the way so that's why i talk about loyalty being a not a destination you're not a member and the journey stops it's it is just the beginning and it's an ongoing cycle as well um our, our role is to bring ease convenience value but also surprises along the way so that Everywhere, as you travel, you're being looked after. But even in between trips, you're reminded of of, of all. And, and you look at all as not only being a travel platform, and that's what we try to do with the core Live Limitless, is to provide also experiential opportunities every day or services that you could actually tap into every mm. day in between two stays. And it was quite a um, quite an ambitious um positioning and vision to start off with. And that's actually what led the whole organization 
towards um, providing much more than just a service. It's a relationship that we're building at the end of the day. Mm. And uh, and yes, it's it's human at the heart. Obviously, we're in hospitality. Yeah. But it's also um, it needs to cater for various needs. So there is an element of personalization that goes into the relationship. And especially with technology these days, it's, it's becoming increasingly important. Absolutely. And technology can enable so many things. But I think, again, you've explained it as an ambitious vision. And to me, that's actually, again, for the audience listening to this show, that's the part you have to actually, first of all, define but also maintain with full integrity through to execution. And and I don't know exactly, of course, what it's like internally with that core. It's incredible that you've got this team to deliver that. My experience has been that a lot of loyalty professionals might not get the team, might not get the budget, and the ambitious vision that the marketing director or loyalty director has sometimes gets diluted from the time it's conceived to the time it gets to market. And if anything, I feel like yours is the opposite. Like I see growth, I see passion, I see ambition, and I see new things coming through all of the time. And I mean, world-class. So tell us about some of the propositions that you have as part of Live Limitless. So so we have we have a lot and we're very fortunate. And actually having a lot means that your, your first purpose is to be actually clearly heard and being simple. Um, it, it is when, when you're in a, an, an industry that is so rich, such as travel, um, you need to take this, the friction out of the experience, but you also need to come across clearly. So our ambition as we merged both the loyalty program and the booking platform into one all-encompassing digital platform called All was to own the most inspirational booking and loyalty hospitality platform integrating leading hotel brands, experiences, mm -hmm. services, and rewards. And the emphasis on integrating leading brands, experiences, services, and rewards is actually the sequence that you would expect from a booking experience all the way to being rewarded. Um, you start off by making sure that you are your guest experience is going to be the right one because we have the right brands for you. Yeah. And over the years, Accor developed um, a number of different, well, acquired a lot of companies and a lot of new brands. Mm. And so we needed to come across as being actually a platform encompassing world-leading brands. Um, and Fairmonts, Banyan Tree, Movenpick, um, were not as um, uh, raffles were not as necessarily associated with a core and all, and so the first message we needed to get across is we have forty brands, we're world leaders in hospitality, and in certain markets or certain continents, we're actually industry leading. You take Brazil, you take Australia, you take Europe, you take um, Middle East Africa. We in and everybody has their own scale, right? With regards to the number of rooms that we hold and propose, we're actually industry leaders in those respective regions. Mm -hmm. And so the first aspect on all that we wanted to get across is that we have a very wide portfolio. We have a hotel that meets your need practically in every destination that you'll go to. Mm -hmm. And that is the first thing that we wanted to come out with. And then we started to develop the loyalty proposition, mm -hmm. which... Which had to um, which had to encompass a couple of things that we noticed when we ran customer surveys, because there's one thing I would say, 
to any loyalty um, expert or, or younger uh, professional in the industry, it all kicks off with customer data and customer insights. Yeah. And before we launched all, uh, we spent a year and a half, if not two years, going through globally, based on segmentation channel, um, a number of different, um, we, we, we filled out a number of surveys and we had a lot of information coming back. And what customers were saying to me, you know, we said to them, what are we, what are you expecting from a new loyalty program that you haven't had today? Mm. And they said to us three very clear things. They said, make my life simple, make my life special and look after me. And in each of these dimensions, um, we said, okay, so how, what does this really mean? And what are the proof points that we could put behind to justify that we you know, when make my life simple was all about making sure that the travel experience was clear, that we have the right brands for you, that we um, had the opportunity to provide a simple and reliable program where currency value was actually not opaque, but was completely transparent. Mm. make my life simple was that how much is a point worth? How much am I going to get out of, uh, out of this program? If I were to pay, can I pay knowing that I've got last room availability? And the answer is yes, for, mm -hmm. for platinum and above. Do I know that, you know, how much a point is worth? Well, you know, we have, we have a very clear uh, system explaining that we've got a fixed currency peg based on points and you know exactly how many points you will need to purchase a room, mm -hmm. which enables you to actually anticipate um, whenever you travel, um, if you if you have enough on the points bank to spend. In most hospitality loyalty programs, you do not know how much your points are worth. Yeah. And it was um, something that we wanted to do that would just differentiate. And when we looked at the pillar, make my life simple, we wanted to make sure that we had a euro peg to the points value. And so um, when you when you spend at a core in a hotel, 2,000 points are worth 40 euros. Mm -hmm. 2,000 points, 40 euros, wherever you are in the world. Mm -hmm. If you want to spend on a, what we call an experience, which is a non-hotel proposition of the program, mm -hmm. you would basically, you would have 2,000 points that are worth 20 euros. Our points currency is worth more if you spend in a hotel than mm -hmm. if you spend outside of a hotel. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. Yeah. So on that first pillar, make my life simple, we designed the program and the reward system to be transparent mm -hmm. and to be trustworthy. Mm. And, and make my life special was all about the experiences um, and bringing experiences to life mm -hmm. where our customers were saying, we need to have, uh, we'd love you to fulfill our passions. <laughs> <laughs> Of okay. course. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Pretty You're wide. A core. Yes. <laughs> Pretty wide. Okay. So how many, how many, how many, how many citizens do we have in the world and how many passion points do they have? You know, it's really, really wide. Yeah. Yeah. So we really need to pick our battles. And they were saying, you know, we have to universally there are three passions that really stood out. Um, one was food, the second was sport, and the last one was entertainment in all of its forms. Mm -hmm. And so we then we went out to build an experiential platform called Limitless Experiences, mm -hmm. where we signed um, leading leading um, partnerships with companies such as um, AG, 
that earn that own concert venues mm-hmm. and have access to live concerts and tickets. Mm-hmm. We signed um, uh, an international agreement with PSG Paris Saint Germain, the football club. Once mm-hmm. again, yeah, show providing great access to players and and VIP events. Yeah, and 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 so we and we went down the also the food route with um, IMG that run. I don't know if you know Paula the. The, the taste food festivals. I think you have one in Dubai, and we there are sure some do. Of, there yes, yes. Wow. So we're partners of that. So we we then decided to build based on customer insights, which are the experiences, and who are the leading providers of these experiences that we can actually scale and deliver that flawlessly. Um, and the last pillar was make my life uh, make my life um, look after me. Apologies. Mm-hmm. And so in the look after me segment. We um, and it was pre-COVID, which was incredible. Wow! Um, then we we started to work with an insurer called AXA, mm-hmm. and I'm not here to to basically uh, position them above anybody else. But we happened to look at AXA as a global insurance provider, mm. and we um, started to integrate um, not only insurance solutions that you find on any website where you can have additional insurances, and that's the basics. But we actually incorporated teleconsultation, so medical services that could be accessible in the hotel room as part of the loyalty program. So today, Mm. in all, if you're platinum and above, Mm. you're able to access free of charge in any of our hotel rooms, actually 80% of our hotels today, you can access a teleconsultation service in the language of your choice free of charge if you have a medical issue mm-hmm. and you will get a prescription that will mm-hmm. enable you to go to the local pharmacy to get the medication that you need mm-hmm. as you travel. Just one component of the um, look after me yeah. segment and how we translated it into a, a, a loyalty proof point. My goodness. I almost don't know where to start with all of that, Mehdi. There's so much in what you've explained, you know, across the, you know, the fundamentals, which we often think about as the hygiene factors, you know, something as basic as take care of me. And as you said, pre-COVID to have that level of foresight, my God, you guys were perfectly positioned with the proposition already coming into that, you know, must have been just an excruciating time, of course, for the whole uh, Accor group. So, So I love that you dedicated two years of research in order to really nail what it is that that travelers want, because I do think it's very complicated and very expensive, of course, to build any of these propositions. So to make sure that you take, I suppose, both the member on the journey, but also I know that you have owner operators for most of the Accor hotels, if I'm not mistaken. So to be able to convince the 5,300 hotels that I know you guys operate across those 40 brands, like there's an incredible amount of evidence and support and I think resonance in what you're talking about. And I'm guessing that you almost need to have that level of discipline with your research, not just to get the marketing campaign to land and to be clear in the way you've just explained it to us, but also to bring the whole group and the whole business and every brand at every price point. Because what did amaze me, and you mentioned a lot of the beautiful brands that Accor obviously, you know, is so proud of, but what I love is it's across all price points. 
So it might be that I want to go and take the Orient Express, which I know is a brand of the Accor Group, but it might be that actually, no, I just need an Ibis tonight because it's cheap and cheerful. So yeah, I guess the question is, you know, at what point in the journey did you realize that you were going to need that level and depth of customer research in order to build a proposition? Or was it going alongside your own thinking internally when you were developing the, the Live Limitless? It's, a, it's obviously, Paola, a combination of both because at the end of the day, um, it starts off with a vision. And the vision being that we want to stand for much more than just hotels. We uh, wanted to establish a dialogue with our guests um, pre-stay and post-stay. Mm-hmm. Um, have more frequency of interactions and and getting to know our customers much better so we can service them better. Mm-hmm. How do we anticipate service? Well, it's not only when, when they're in a, a capsule um, of a couple of days in our hotels. It's actually how many interactions do you think we can establish outside that will actually nurture the relationship and actually make the actual core guest experience better? And that's what we called, and, and our CEO, Sebastian Bazin, called augmented hospitality. Yes. And he said, we need to look at this broader. Mm. And so that was the vision. That's the vision that we started off with is at the core, our hotels, broader than hotels is what we call augmented hospitality. Mm-hmm. And what do we mean about augmented hospitality? It meant looking at a hotel differently as a local looking at a hotel not only for travelers, but giving the opportunity to look at the hotel as a service center or a community hub where you would go for your local yoga class or you would go to the restaurant or you Mm. would go because you're able to actually get a cleaning service or, uh, you know, for your clothes, Mm. things like that. And it happens to be the case in Dubai. But in most instances, if I take continental Europe, for example, hotels are really perceived as been fulfilling for traveler needs. Mm. And so what we started to do was develop um, a, a different string of, of uh, activities and services and, and, and experiences for the community. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go back to the, to the original question, but IBIS Music was a music program for IBIS. And we organized over a thousand gigs last year in 2022 in IBISes with local artists. Okay. Or or, or actually established artists yeah. Um, and, and actually accepted that we would turn the lobby into a, a concert hall uh, <laughs> for the local community. Wow. Um, it, it's, it's, it's walking the talk. At the end of the day, it's, okay, we had a vision. It's called augmented hospitality. What does it mean? It means mm. you look at a hotel as a community hub and how do you draw people in? Well, we launched a whole music platform called IBS Music and that became a reality and it's, and it's global. It's yeah. a global program. Wow. And that, that, that's the, that just to, to put the vision into perspective, you know, we, we try to develop this uh, augmented hospitality feel. But then going back to your question on research, it's not only about the vision, it's convincing owners that at the, at the tail end of all of this, mm. you're getting a higher return on your investment. You're getting yeah. also access to a captive customer base. Mm. that you would not have been able to get access to. yeah. And so we had to prove it with both customer insights and a methodology to calculate the return on investment that they would get over time. Mm. And, and, and we continually now, outside of the customer research field, what we call an ROI um, calculation per hotel. 
wow. based on loyalty so that they can monitor the new customers that they've received or the ROI that they will be getting on the loyalty program. And that's walking the talk. At the end of the day, you can't, you're not positive in the 5,300 hotels in the world. Yeah. But we have 95% of our hotels worldwide through this methodology that have a positive ROI. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting, Mehdi. Honestly. And and honestly, it was it was the part I always struggled with when I was running loyalty programs myself, because the attribution can be super challenging. Now, I was in telecoms, which is probably a much more challenging sector, let's say, than than hospitality. But I do love that idea that if I was the owner and operator of a hotel, that there is that global expertise that can be challenged because, of course, all of those hotel owners are there to make sure that they're getting value from the Accor brand and to make sure that you're proving that ROI. I mean, it, it must be incredibly rewarding to see those results coming through when you report them back. Well, for, for us, it gives us great confidence in knowing that we're on the right path. Um, it obviously uh, enables a different rapport when you talk to your financial officer. Totally. Um, <laughs> but it's um, because he, we, we, we love him to bits and uh, I hope he hears me as I speak today. Yeah. Um, but uh, because we always need more investments. Yeah. Um, uh, more investments in technology, more investments also because it, it's becoming an, a very challenging space. Um, of course, yeah. Gaining customer trust is is something that um, every brand wants to do. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that you know we're robust on our on our ROI methodologies. Yeah. In all fairness, Porta, today um, we're still at the beginning of that journey. Um, okay. We, wow. We had to we had to establish that ROI methodology, but we need to also make sure that each of our hotels understands loyalty mm-hmm. and we're still early in that journey because it's an ongoing communication cycle. Yeah, You need to spend a lot of time. Our operations on the ground, um, although we've equipped them, quote mm-hmm. unquote, with that methodology, yeah, they, they need to continually explain. There's a lot of explanation that needs to happen yeah. so that the proof points are clearly comprehended and everybody's speaking about loyalty in, in a united voice. So, it's going to still take some time before everybody's won over, but the good news is the maths don't lie. Okay. And um, and if you've got customer satisfaction that is up, the share is up, that your revenues are up, and that you're able to fulfill individual hotel needs, mm. and owners are seeing it individually because they always look at loyalty through their own perspective. What's of in it course. for me? Totally. Right? Yeah. Then you're already on the right path. Um, we haven't figured everything out, mm-hmm. but we'd like to think that we've got positive momentum internally with our owners mm-hmm. and with our with our customers. Well, I can certainly testify to that from an industry perspective, Mehdi. So congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. I know you relaunched the program. I think it was November 2019, wasn't it? Literally coming into January 2020 and we all know what happened. Um, So here we are recording now in March 2023. It's almost incredible actually to me that so much time has passed. But I did see then on LinkedIn the latest news from all and uh, Live Limitless. So you're announcing now uh, the new subscription-based loyalty program or the new tiers that you're adding in. So I'd love if you would share with us maybe the the thinking behind adding in a paid proposition to the program. 
I'd be delighted, Paula. So subscription, as you very well know, because you're a loyalty expert, is something that now is cross-industry. It's it's very common. Um, and it's um, it's not only very lucrative for the companies that are launching it, but it's not an easy undertaking because at the end of the day, um, you need to systematically prove to your customers that the membership and the fees associated to membership are yielding the right value for them individually. Sure. Whereas a loyalty program, you go through the tiers, you get incredibly rewarded and recognized as you go through and your loyalty increases. But there is no, let's just say, incremental fee associated to it. It's just shifting behaviors mm. and being more loyal to a brand. Mm. And, and But both are connected. So I like to refer to um, earned loyalty mm-hmm. and paid loyalty. Mm-hmm. And paid loyalty being the subscription part of the house. Yeah. And, and the core is not new to subscription. Um, incredibly, we have um, been in market since 1996 with a program called Accor Plus that goes across the whole Asia-Pacific region Mm -hmm. where members would get uh, an accommodation discount, free hotel nights based on distressed inventory and an F&B discount across Mm -hmm. all of the hotels in that region. This Accor Plus now is a side company with Accor. It employs 600 people. Wow. It now represents in most Asia markets, if a core were to look at how much a core plus generates from a top line perspective mm. versus an OTA, it probably ranks in top line dollar terms close mm. to number two or number three OTA in that market. So wow. it's become a powerhouse. And so when we looked at this, you know, this has been growing for over 20 years. And we looked at how both customers loved the program, how loyal they were, they were becoming, how much our owners would love to see this top line come in. Mm-hmm. Um, these customers were the most loyal throughout COVID in Asia Pacific by far. Mm-hmm. And so we learned from that. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to launch um, a, new, a new program that's called All Plus. Mm-hmm. So you can obviously see through the branding that it's connected to loyalty. Totally. Um, so you get an accelerated value um, in, and, and we have um, a few products. So we've got All Plus Ibis mm-hmm. geared towards, as like you said, you, you use it cheap and cheerful. I like that. It's 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 great value hotels that we have. Yeah. Where you would get a um, a discount on your room um, mm-hmm. throughout the year, um, mm-hmm. and it's the lowest rate that you will be able to get both on all.com, on any OTA, we're guaranteeing this, and you would get elevated uh, also treatment and status as, uh, as an out, a status boost as an outcome as well. Mm-hmm. And so for all Ibises in the world, okay, so wherever you travel to. So it's a glo- this one, unlike a core plus, which is only for a regional coverage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all plus Ibis, all Ibises in the world, a standard value proposition based on discount and getting making sure that you're purchasing at the right value. And mm. this is very, very, very sensitive for SMEs. Mm, of course. And for customers that have dual needs, what we call pleasure needs, they use their their IBIS or Plus card as they travel for business, but they also want to extend into, um, into their personal life as well. Mm-hmm. And the second product is called All Plus Voyager, mm-hmm. which encompasses 17 brands from mm-hmm. Lux, to economy. Mm-hmm. And here, once again, you get a um, 
15% discount in um, eco, uh, mid and premium, and you get a 20% discount mm. in the Lux tier. All across the year, as well as status boost um, throughout the year, and this gives you access to 4,000 hotels out of the 5,300 that we hold. It's based on rational value mm -hmm. because we believe that you need to do the maths on your payback. If you pay for a subscription product, you want to make sure you get your payback. And so on average, you, you get a payback on with this particular product after um, approximately five to six days. After okay. five to six days, you will mm -hmm. be getting, and this is on average one night per stay. So one could say six nights, you get payback. Mm. And so um, if you are a very frequent traveler, mm -hmm. this becomes a no-brainer. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'll be dying to see how it performs for you, Meti, because the, the amount of uh, complexity, as you said, you know, subscription is often seen as the holy grail and it's seen as easy money. And I think that that's a very flawed perception because, as you've said, consumers are so savvy, they will do the rational calculations in terms of when does it start making financial sense for me? So to be able to translate that into, for example, if I go and stay for a week in an Ibis on my holidays, that's my, you know, I'm already quids in, as we say back in Ireland. I don't know if you know that term, but yeah. And actually, there's another Irish term I'm going to share with you as well. And we call it being on the pig's back. <laughs> Which is it's it's like being in the best possible position. You've totally nailed it. So it's not so. When we, so this is not lipstick on a pig. If you use the pig analogy, no, this is no. this is first. These products are really strong, and so I didn't totally. know this uh, this saying, yeah. this Irish saying. Yeah. But I will be using it from now on. There you go. So I worked for a company that literally we built an entire business around, you know, delivering these kind of, again, you know, wonderful propositions that people are thrilled to get to because they can kind of go, OK, I know the deal here and I'll pay the subscription rate, which I think from your um, your LinkedIn, I think I saw, is it about $200 in around that price point? Is that is that fair? That's correct. We that. So the IBIS, um, the All Plus IBIS product is 99 euros and okay. the All Plus Voyager product is 199 euros. Unbelievable. Yeah. No. And as I said, you know, we've had a, a couple of people on this show and working with their own subscription propositions uh, to varying degrees of success. And there can be, you know, considerable criticism, of course, if the proposition isn't landing. Uh, but it sounds like you've done the absolute research through and through. And, you know, I mean, certainly for me, $200 feels like very good value for what you're talking about. And I did see things like Lake Checkout as well, for example, available. I think on the Voyager proposition, which is always one that I'm aspiring to. So super nice idea. So I think with that said, when it comes to subscription, um, what I will be saying is first and foremost, please come back next year and do another interview with us uh, because I'll be dying to follow up and find out how it's performing in market. I'm sure it'll be evolving over time because, of course, these things are never fixed. Um, but I think that's all of the questions I had for you today, Mehdi. Are there any other burning topics or important things that you think our audience should be should be hearing about before we wrap up? Well, um, firstly, thank you again for, for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate um, the fact that we have a, um, a podcast dedicated to loyalty. You talked about loyalty and awards um, previously. Uh, and the reason why Accor is a, is a partner of this particular event is I believe that we should be continuing to nurture the yeah. loyalty community. 
um, through knowledge, through expertise. It is, I do believe it is actually absolutely core across a, mu a multitude of industries. And it has um, evolved um, over time, both on um, because it's become a very competitive environment, but also because technology has mm. stepped in uh, at a completely different level. And, and perhaps that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit on is our technical journey and our digital journey. Um, mm -hmm. The one that we've been on um, mm -hmm. because off the back of what our customers have told us, you know, make my life simple, make my life special, look mm -hmm. after me. Mm -hmm. Technology is at the heart of our value proposition. Mm -hmm. And um, we've spent the last um, two years. Um, we, we wanted to do it during COVID, but it was technically too complicated to do so. But in 21 and 22, we spent the last two years building things that are not visible for the customer, <laughs> okay. which, is, um, which is the back of the house, which is often neglected Yeah. Um, around CRM, um, structuring our data so that we can actually cater for our customers' needs in ways that they would not see the stitching on the servicing the way that our, our data flows from our hotels back to our, our, our data hub and how we're able to only engage on marketing that would be seen as non-intrusive and relevant for customers. Mm. Th that th the whole spectrum of, and I don't want to use necessarily the technical terms, but you know, CRM, um, the, the customer data platforms that structures your data and, and how we monitor what we call commercial pressure which is ultimately not going overboard and not over soliciting customers mm. because um, they would then just unsubscribe and pull away and you would have actually pushed the relationship too far yeah. um, because it would become intrusive. And where, do, where is that pressure point mm -hmm. based on the customers? All of those things are powered by technology. Mm -hmm. And today... Um, our goal, and we're still on a journey, is to become incredibly efficient in that space wow. to make sure that the customer experience is seen as relevant and never intrusive. On those parting words of wisdom, Hattie, I'm going to say a huge thank you for sharing your words of wisdom on the show today. I trust I will be seeing you in Rio de Janeiro in October this year, will I? Of course, you have to be at the Fairmont uh, and in Rio de Janeiro. It, it will be the best event. I think I was more excited when they said it was a Fairmont even than when they said it was Rio. So I can't wait. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, Mehdi. Um, I'm guessing in terms of, you know, the audience listening to this, there'll probably be lots of interest and people keen to maybe connect with you. So would it be fair to say that LinkedIn would be the best place for people to find you? Absolutely. I try, I try my best to, to answer the questions. I, I do get quite a few, but by, by all means, please do check my LinkedIn account. Wonderful. And I'll make sure to link to your profile on the show notes for this. So with that said, it's a huge thank you to Mehdi Hamichi, Chief Loyalty and E-Commerce Officer for Accor. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. See you soon. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty professionals in Asia Pacific. Visit their news and content hub for the latest loyalty insights from around the world. Or why not submit your own article for publication? For more information on their loyalty services and networking opportunities, visit AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com.
you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.